0: Previously on A New Winter. It's all yours if you want it, Crawley, she said. Let's just hope you come back. She laughed. I laughed too. Little did I realise that right now, I wasn't so sure I would. This is episode 55 and the beginning of season 5, the final season of A New Winter. I'd always wanted to be a policeman. Ever since I was a kid, I'd run around pretending to catch bad guys, flashing a cardboard badge and pretending I had a gun. And as I got older, I got obsessed with detective shows, true crime documentaries and buddy cop movies. I'd let pop culture mold the man I become when I walked onto the street for my first time in uniform. Honest to a fault, positive, sympathetic, righteous, no prejudice whatsoever polite. I was the poster boy for police recruitment. But only a year later, it had taken such a toll on me that I'd attempted to take my own life. Unsuccessfully, of course, else I wouldn't be able to be talking to you about this right now. About how that first year was nothing compared to what was going to happen. About how I got involved with the whole Tim Stock Warfare. About how this frenzied version of events that he would tell everyone Still still didn't really sit right with mine and, of course, what happened at the end that would change my life forever? It all started with just one man, Michael Verdun. some sleazy rich city boy who was mixed up in insider trading and fraud, the kind of thing I like to investigate and nail people on. But when it came to arrest him, he'd already left. We weren't able to ascertain whether he knew we were coming, or if he'd fled for another reason entirely. It did seem as though he'd received some bad news from some recent medical result, but we didn't know if that was the cause. It was then my duty to find where he'd gone. Initially, we couldn't seem to trace him or find any clue as to his whereabouts, until we discovered a small shoebox hidden at the bottom of his wardrobe. And inside with some old photographs and letters from Michael that had been marked return to sender. The return address was just around the corner. Nothing of use there, unfortunately. But, but the address the letter was made out to was a small village in the middle of nowhere. And the contents of the letter was Michael trying to make amends with his father. Someone called Mr Tooley. I told my boss I was going to follow the lead, she was hesitant. But she could see I really wanted to see this guy in jail. I had to be honest, I hated rich people. I hated entitled rich people even more. And I hated entitled rich criminals the most. Their effect on society, on on making the common person's life even more difficult. It's disgusting. I mean, I'm getting rolled up even now thinking about it. So I was allowed to continue my investigation and see if I could find Michael Verdum, or whatever name he went by. The first thing I remember as I arrived in this little corner of England was the snow. It seemed to just arrive out of nowhere, as if focused on this small town. As if it had frozen everything in time. The only thing that felt modern was the high street. And it was that that I had to drive down to get to the police station. The usual chain stores in the middle of it, but towards the end of the street it was a bit more ropey. Crappy bars, clubs, run-down even a dingy strip club. Not exactly the most inviting of places. When I arrived at the front desk, I was greeted by a lovely young policewoman behind the counter called Inspector Grahams. She had a very sweet face, large eyes, but could clearly take care of herself. Her innocent look immediately swept away once she opened her mouth and made it clear she didn't take any shit. You must be Crawley, she'd said immediately, holding out her hand. I shook it. I could feel quite a grip. I wasn't one for alpha male strong handshakes, but clearly she was. And you are? I asked. Grahams. Inspector Grahams. And uh, this is Inspector Dewbridge. She stood aside and I saw a tall, plain-looking man sitting at a desk and drinking a coffee. Even though we were clearly in earshot, he didn't look up, or even acknowledge us. Graham smiled gently, as if to apologise. Don't mind him. We had a fire yesterday at a church. We've got a bit of a situation going on. Oh really? What kind of situation? Just, there's been a lot going on here recently. Did you hear about the murders? "'Graham's!' Dubridge shouted. "'Come on, he doesn't want to hear about that.' The man stood up and looked at me quizzically. "'You're the fella from London, aren't you? "'Here for some city boy.' "'Yeah,' I replied. "'Michael for "'Er, this man.' And I held out the most recent photo we could get hold of. A cheesy pic of Michael on holiday. Sea in the background, stupid grin across his tanned face. "'Have you seen him around?' Dubridge took the photo and studied it closely taking his time with it. I wasn't sure if he was taking the piss or not, but he handed it back to me and shrugged. Nah, sorry. Graham's here to help you with anything you need. Where are you staying? Just a hotel. I smiled. I didn't trust this guy. I could feel something about him. (laughs) Huh, he smirked back. Well, enjoy your stay. And with that, he walked out. Graham sighed and shook her head. Sorry about him. He's been a bit... (sighs) Funny, recently. It's fine, I said, don't worry. What about these murders then? You don't know? Your boss? No one told you? Hmm. Oh, God, well I guess it's this snow, isn't it? The world seems to shut down as soon as the first snowflake appears. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, they were. they were friends of mine, actually. Lovely family, very religious, but... They were murdered, all of them. They were found just piled up in their barn. Jesus, that's awful. I'm so sorry. Do you have any leads? Uh, yeah, we have got something going on. But why don't you get some rest and come back in the morning? Sure, I said. Okay. I felt like she was trying to get rid of me, but I was pretty tired. Do you know a good hotel? I asked. She directed me to the Bell Hotel, a bit further into the city centre. Rather old-fashioned, but adequate. I settled in and had to lie down on the bed. I was so sleepy. Normally I'd be buzzing, my mind racing to figure out what the next steps were, but everything here just felt so slow, so draining, dull, dead. It was as if the surrounding snow had made a, made a blanket atop my senses, just weighing them down. I suddenly found myself awake in the middle of the night, desperately needing the toilet. As I stood up, urinating into the toilet bowl, I caught a glimpse of a picture reflected in the mirror in front of me. I could see it on the far wall in the bedroom through the bathroom door, and something about it just looked strange. I don't think I'd noticed it before. It was a painting of a forest, but something about it just looked gloomy, dark. Horrid. And then the far left of the picture was a tiny wooden cabin of sorts with a single light on. For some reason, I felt my stomach sink, and an inescapable fear hit me like a hard slap. I was shaking, to the point where I thought I was gonna fall over. I quickly shut the bathroom door and climbed into the bath. I slowly managed to calm down I looked over at the bathroom mirror but in its place was the painting of the forest and suddenly the light in the cabin went out and with it came a loud cry I awoke still in the bath, sweaty and out of breath what happened? it certainly didn't feel like a dream I pulled myself together and opened the bathroom door The sun was leaking in through the curtains and the painting... Well, there wasn't anything there. No sign of any kind of picture being there at all. Must have been a dream then. Strange, horrific one at that. To this day, I can't... I can't shake the feeling of that painting. It stayed with me, you could say. I got changed and made my way back to the police station. As I walked towards the building drudging through the snow I noticed some other police officers running out of the station and onto another road opposite as fast as they could through the snow hmm, interesting, I thought and decided to follow it wasn't long until I came across some more police standing outside a nightclub called The Lime I flashed my ID to them hey, what's going on here fellas? they looked at one another "'not sure if they should answer. "'Guys, what's going on?' "'Murder,' one said, laughing. "'The other one flashed him a look "'and then looked at me, gauging my reaction. "'Nothing for you to worry about, mate. "'All under control here.' "'I could hear the other two murmuring between them "'and shaking their heads, looking at me. "'There was something about me "'that they certainly weren't happy with. "'I stepped forward to look inside.' "'The police officer put his hand against my chest. "'All under control,' he repeated, "'this time with a slight menace. "'Just then Dubridge walked out, saw me, and brushed past. "'Got another murder on your hands?' I asked. "'Dubridge flew round to face me. "'Who told you that?' "'And stared up at the police officers I'd just been speaking to. "'No. No, not a murder. "'Just a bit of a a situation. Local stuff.' Nothing that a big time London copper needs to busy themselves with. It's not Michael, is it? Who? Michael, Verdun. Oh, he said. The long lost boyfriend you're looking for. No, it's not him. Was that. Was that supposed to be a joke? I asked. Just then, Grahams came out from the lime, looking pale. They didn't even bother to dispose of him properly this time. It looks like they. Oh, sorry, just. Let's just go. You coming or what? Doobridge asked me. I looked back at the line, at the two policemen standing in front of the entrance. Yeah. All right, I'm coming, I said, and followed them back to the station. We walked back in silence. Graham seemed to be shaking slightly. Doobridge looked as if he was pondering something. I kept my wits about me. The streets were awfully quiet. Where was everyone? And then... As if someone had heard my thoughts, people started appearing from around the corner, coming out of doors as if they, as if they'd all set their alarms at the same time. Bizarre, I thought. I don't know, Graham suddenly said from out of nowhere. I just don't know if I can keep doing this. Shut up, David snapped back. It's getting worse. It's all getting worse. It doesn't even make sense anymore. Don't talk nonsense, David sighed. "'and continued walking. "'Just just promise me you'll look after him,' she shouted after him. "'He turned back towards her, and in a hushed tone, "'but with a look of sincerity, said, "'I promise. I promise I'll try. "'Now, this conversation is over.' "'He then strode off, mumbling angrily to himself. "'When we reached the station, "'I decided to give them a little time to cool off.' before I made my inquiries about Mr And just then a couple ran into the station please the woman was crying please I know where you've come from you have to help the husband was trying to calm her down what's the matter I said my son the woman was crying my son he was just a boy "What, what do you mean I asked leave her alone the husband pushed me aside. You don't understand. She's. Oh, she's crazy. Just makes things up. The forest. Look in the forest for him, please. Let her go, I shouted. But then the husband grabbed me by the throat. Leave it, he said. Forget this foolishness. It's nothing. You shouldn't have come here. I dropped to the floor, gasping for air. The man grabbed his wife and started pulling her out the door. He has my son, she was crying out through tears as she was being pulled out. He has him! Who? I asked before it was too late. Who has your son? Father Reynolds, the woman cried. Father Reynolds has him. to thank our patrons for supporting the show you can become one now by going to patreon.com slash anewwinter or click on the link at our website anewwinter.com there you can find more information including a link to our merchandise page and how you can contact us remember you can always follow us on twitter at newwinter facebook.com slash anewwinter or email us directly at anewwinterpodcast at gmail.com if you enjoy the show please rate us on your podcast platform of choice as it can really make a big difference. Thank you for listening.